communication with you in a in a new and deeper way and so with our lives wide open uh, i'm listening to you speak to me don't leave me out uh, do in my life what you want to do in jesus name i pray amen uh, one of the central figures of the old testament is a guy by the name of moses you know his story uh, he was a part of israel uh, he was a hebrew and, of course, he was born in Egypt when uh, Israel was in slavery under the Egyptian bondage. And at the time he was born, you'll remember, uh, the uh, edict had been given by Pharaoh that all the baby boys uh, of the uh, Israelites should be killed when they were born. Uh, so when he was born, his mother put him in a little ark and a little boat, and he was floating down the Nile River, and Pharaoh's daughter was bathing in the river, saw him, fell in love with him, and adopted him. So here's a Hebrew, it's a phenomenal story, miracle after miracle after miracle uh, in the guy's life. So here's this little baby boy who's now raised in the courts of Pharaoh and raised as Pharaoh's uh, relative and Pharaoh's uh, a son to Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, so he has all the education of, Israel, uh, of, of Egypt, he has, uh, knows the court system, knows everything. He's a natural. And yet he was raised basically by his mother uh, because she attended to him and she taught him the Hebrew faith. One God and then a Messiah is coming. And it was through all of that that Moses got this call on his life. This call was to deliver Israel from Egyptian bondage. And this burned within him. And by the time he got to be 40, he reached out to fulfill this call. And what he did was he killed one Egyptian guard and somebody saw him and ratted on him so everybody knew it so he ran away to the desert so here he is a 40 year old failure <laughs> so he's in the wilderness for 40 more years that's 80 years this gives me courage guys <laughs> this is an 80 year old failure who's hiding in the wilderness but God's not done with him yet and a burning bush shows up <laughs> and you know that story so this burning bush God speaks to this guy and says hey it's time to get with the program I'm 80 years of age. Get with the program. So here he goes down to Pharaoh. And of course, uh, through the, through the uh, plagues, uh, miracles take place and that whole thing. And uh, the uh, Passover, uh, where the death angel passed over. And uh, Pharaoh uh, finally releases the Israelite people to leave and then comes after him. And you know the whole uh, river thing and, and all that happened there. And so finally, Moses is leading the children of Israel. Now the Bible says that there was no prophet in ever in Israel like Moses. No one had the kind of face-to-face -face encounter with God that Moses had. He was one unique dude. But he was a failure in the sense that the children of Israel never got into the promised land under him. He led them, brought them right up to the promised land. They got scared and said, hey, we're not, whoa, we can't know. God won't know. We're not, no. And by lack of faith, they griped and complained. Be careful about that. They griped and complained. Be careful about that. They griped and complained. And so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and all died. All the old timers are dead now. So all that generation is gone. So Moses comes up to his death and uh, he transfers leadership to Joshua. Oh. So Joshua is taken over and now they're going to march into promised land. Now they're right on the edge of the promised land. 
The first city to conquer is Jericho. Woo! They're going to march into, uh, into, into a promised land. And the first city, it's well fortified, large city, big walls, can't get to them. So here they are, this big city, and they're coming, Israel is coming to conquer that city. It's their first conquest. So what do they do? Well, God told them what to do. And you know the story of Jericho. What they did was they came on the first day early in the morning, all of Israel. And they marched around the walls of the, of the city of Jericho seven times. And then went home. Came back the next day early. Marched around the city of Jericho, the walls, seven times. Went home. Came back the next day. Walked around the city of Jericho seven times. Went home. Can you imagine being in this city every morning? What on earth are they doing? They did that seven days, seven times. On the last day, seventh day, marched around Jericho seven times, and at the end of the seventh time, they blew the trumpets, and the walls fell down, crumbled, and they conquered the city. Now, nobody, think about this, nobody in Israel puffed out their chest and said, whoa, I'm something. Because they didn't do anything. Well, they did do something. Well, they didn't. Re- yes, they did do something. They marched around. They were obedient. They, mar- they participated. They were involved. But everybody knew the victory that they had over Jericho wasn't because of their brilliance. wasn't because they marched around the city. Good night, you could march around the city and nothing would happen. The reason this whole thing took place was God brought deliverance to the people of Israel and conquered the city. And everybody knew that the victory belonged to God. Nobody accredited to themselves. I mean, but it was a participation and an involvement together. Let me talk to you about embezzlement. Embezzlement is different than stealing. It's a form of stealing, but you can steal and not embezzle. But you can't embezzle without stealing. There's going to be a test at the end of the service. You getting it? See, you can steal without embezzling, but you can't embezzle without stealing. So it's a form, but there's an element in embezzlement that is worse than stealing. Because to embezzle, you have to participate. You have to be involved. You have to somehow have some kind of control and linkage and influence and be a part of in order to embezzle. For instance, you put money in the, in the baskets back here. What do you put it in there for? Well, thank you. My wife and I have been eating well. Well, no, you don't give the money for me. You're giving the money to the church. Well, what is the church going to do with it? Well, hey guys, it's what pays the light bills. It's what pays the great air conditioning that we have this morning. It's, you know, it's, 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 hey, it's what, it, what, it's what keeps it. And, and, and in our particular church, not others, but in our particular church, there's no salaries involved because nobody here gets a salary in the church. So there's no salaries involved. It's strictly the money goes 100% for to keep the building functioning and keep 
programs and whatever, whatever we got going, that's what it's for. Now, when you put the money in a basket, what happens? Well, somebody goes back there, gets that money, counts it, puts it in a cross-tile church account. Woo! And then some treasurer writes a check for the light bill. Now, if somebody writing the checks for the light bill writes a check and takes his wife out for dinner, that's embezzlement. Well, he's stealing. It's true. But think about it. It's not just stealing. There is a betrayal involved. There is a we trusted you involved. And you blew it. There was a linkage. We had confidence in you. You were in a position. You had, a, you had some authority. You, were, had a, you had some control involved. You were involved in this thing. And what did you do? You went behind our back and you, not just steal, you embezzled, misappropriated, took the money that was intended for one thing and you spent it on a selfish thing. You embezzled the funds. Now, Go back to our story. Round the wall seven times. Blew the trumpets. Woo! The walls fall in. Nobody stuck out their chest and said, Wow! That would be embezzlement. That would be attributing to myself. I participated. I know. I walked around the city. Yeah. I obeyed God. Right. But you didn't knock the walls down. Well... It wasn't your vibration of your walk that did it. What? It was the mighty hand of God. And I'm going to embezzle in pride and take credit? No. In fact, this was so strong in the story about Jericho that nobody, usually when you take a city over like that, when the, when the army comes in, marches in, and you conquer a city, you, you take spoils of war, Right? I mean, you march into the homes. Hey, I like that picture. Take that. Oh, there's some gold. Wow, take that. You, you take things. Why? Because now it's yours. Why? You conquered the city. Nobody in Jericho, in Israel, marching around Jericho, was allowed to go in and take spoils. Why? Because they don't belong to you. They belong to God. So all the spoils belong to God. And you're not allowed to take any. If you did, it would be embezzlement. So the victory went so well around Jericho. Wow, oh, it was great. Everybody had a big party and died seven up. And it was wonderful. So after that was all over, they said, we're going to take the second city. It was a city called Ai. You'll never guess how it's spelled. Ai. <laughs> Ai. So they're going to go conquer Ai. They sent spies, and hey, it's a little city. Whoa, not big. The walls aren't very big. Whoa, it isn't too protected. Wow, it'll be no problem. Hey, it isn't like Jericho. It's just a little, come in. Hey, no big deal. So they sent, not even, not, not all the people of Israel. They didn't send the whole army. They just sent a portion of the Israel, the young man of Israel, down to take the city. Because it's no big deal. Ai beat the living daylights out of them. I mean, they came back bloody, messed up, defeated, whipped. Joshua, when he heard about it, who's the leader? Joshua ripped his clothes, went in a new tent, got on his face and said, Oh God, what's going on? 
What's happened? The big city. We didn't do anything. We just marched around. Hey, we win. Wow. And AI. They begin to investigate. And you know what they found out? Somebody in Israel. His name was Achan. Achan, a member of the Israelites, had taken spoils from Jericho. In the process of the whole thing, Achan had looked over and saw this Babylonian garment. Whoa. He said, oh, I'd really look good in that. <laughs> so he took it. There were 200 shekels of, gold, or of silver. He said, wow, that would set up my retirement. So he took it. A wedge of gold. So he took that. That'll pay my bills. So he took it. Now, now think about it. He's got this beautiful Babylonian garment. Oh, I really look good in that. But he can't wear it. <laughs> well, why did you take it? You can't even wear the stinking thing. You got the gold, but you can't spend it. Where'd you get all that money? See, if you wore the car, everybody would know. So you know what he did with it? He buried it in the floor of his tent. So here's this beautiful Babylonian garment. 200 shekels of gold, here's the, or, or of silver, and here's this wedge of gold, and he's buried this stuff. Embezzled the funds. And of course, it was all exposed. People of Israel gathered together and stoned him to death. That's why they didn't have victory in Ai. Because of embezzlement. Now it's really interesting. Now track with me on this. It's really interesting that the Old Testament Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. So here's the Greek translation of the Old Testament. The New Testament is written in Greek. The word that's used in the Old Testament Greek language for what Achan did is embezzlement. That's the Greek word. It's embezzlement. Not stealing. Embezzlement. That word is used in our passage here. In fact, get this. It's only used, that word, the one that's used here for Achan, is used only three times in the whole New Testament, which is not very much. And two of them are in this story. So it's like that word, embezzlement, is all focused right here on what Ananias and Sapphira did. They didn't steal. They embezzled. And again, embezzlement means what? I'm in. Embezzlement means what? Well, I'm apart. Embezzlement means what? Hey, I'm linked. Embezzlement means, hey, I'm in on this. And it's betrayal. A knife in the back. It's not just stealing. It's embezzlement. Here's an interesting thing too. Okay, back to this. Here's the Greek word embezzlement in the Old Testament. Greek translation. And it's applied to Achan, what he did when he took the Babylonian garment. It's used in the New Testament Greek for what Ananias and Sapphira did. But the original Old Testament was written in Hebrew. 
So the Hebrew was translated to the Greek. And the word is embezzlement. If you go back to the Hebrew, the original word that they translated into embezzlement, this original word is used for adultery. Isn't that interesting? Adultery. Adultery. And out of that you get embezzlement? Oh yeah. Because when I sleep with someone other than my wife, I have taken my life that I pledged to her and I've embezzled it because it's not mine now. And I have no right to it. Well, what if you're not married? Hey, sleep around. It's sin, but it's not embezzlement. But when you give yourself away, you're not your own. And you've taken what's not yours and embezzled it to use in a way it's not to be used. Embezzlement, embezzlement. Wow. That's, see there's something going on in this story that's way beyond just, well he stole some money. See the undercurrent of the story is there's this, there's this, there's this, embezzlement thing. There's this disloyalty. There's this, there's this betrayal. There's this, I'm in! But, <sighs> embezzlement. Now I want to help you with this. Number one. Possession. See, the issue of embezzlement is possession. Meaning what? Meaning ownership. You can't embezzle from yourself. Why? Because it's yours. In order to embezzle, you have to be involved in something that's not yours. And it's an ownership issue. In fact, look at the passage in Ananias and Sapphira. Go back to what we read. Uh, Peter said, verse 3, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? Hey, when you had the land, it was yours. You didn't embezzle. After you sold it, was it not in your own control? Well, yeah. It was yours. What happened, Ananias? You gave it away. You shifted ownership. You came, brought this, bought this money, said, hey, here's the total price of the land. I'm giving it away. I no longer own it. And when you released it, you kept some of it back. Which is embezzlement. So you see, the heart of embezzlement is all about what? Ownership. Now, we don't know the history 
of Ananias and Sapphira. But we can guess. So you can't disprove what I'm going to tell you. Although I can't prove it. But logic would tell you. Ananias and Sapphira are Jews. They're living in Jerusalem. They're a part of the Jewish history. They're a part of the Jewish culture. They're a part of the Israelite history. They are part of the Old Testament. They are part of all the stories they participated, they know. They probably memorized the first five books by the time they were 12. They've gone, they're, they're, not, they're not Jews 100 miles away. They're Jews in Jerusalem, which means they go to the temple, which means they offer the sacrifices, which means they, they, they're in the feast days, which means they are, they're good Jews. They go to the hour of prayer. These guys, Ananias and Sapphira, come on. They're the kind of people you want in your church. Ananias and Sapphira, they fit. They're good Jews. In fact, it would even be conceivable, don't know for sure, but it would be conceivable that Ananias and Sapphira, obviously they believe in one God, Jehovah, uh, because they're Jews, and obviously believe that Messiah is coming. It's conceivable that they were involved in the crucifixion. Don't know that. But logic could tell you they were. That they were in the crowd shaking their fists, saying, ah, crucify him. That they were after Jesus. And they joined under the leadership of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. They, they, they came under that domination, that control, and participated in the crucifixion of Jesus. It certainly is logical to believe that through that crucifixion, 50 days later, Pentecost took place, and they were aware of Pentecost. Now, we don't know when they got saved, but sometime in that process, after Pentecost, they got under conviction. They heard Peter preaching one of these sermons. I don't know, but sometime, someplace, they got under conviction, and they said, oh, we crucified Jesus, and he's the Messiah. We're going to uncrucify him and embrace him. We nailed him. We're going to unnail him. We scorned him. We're going to embrace him. And they accepted Jesus as their Savior. They joined the early church. Which meant they became filled with the Spirit. The living Jesus came to live within them. They experienced the miracles. Wow. That went on in the early church. The signs and wonders. They sat daily under the apostles' teaching. So this is not some, somebody that just walked in off the street, folks. These, these folks have been involved, in, been involved in Judaism, been involved in the history of Israel, have accepted Christ as their Savior, but went through the crucifixion, accepted Christ as their Savior, have been a part of the early church. They're in, man. They're in. They come to the suppers at night. They involve themselves in the church. They're helping. And when compassionate ministry started out, they said, hey, we're in. We'll sell our land. Woo! And they went out and sold their land and brought the money and we all applaud and say woo good for Ananias and Sapphira woo wish I had some more of them they were saying all the way along we're in we're complete we're total we're abandoned. We give ourselves. We've turned an about face. We were going in one direction. We're going in the other direction. Yeah. We applaud them. 
Everything looks so good. They sing loud during the song service. Woo! They raise their hand. <laughs> they probably testified. Probably filled in when the apostles got sick. I don't know. Just making stuff up. But you know, you look at this couple and say, wow. They're in. They're in. But they weren't. We're all out. But they weren't. We're complete. But they weren't. We're totally abandoned. But they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. You know one of the... Uh, I was thinking a lot about this. One, one of the questions, one of the, one of the issues, one of the things that comes up in every in every in every group I've been in yeah in every group I've been in revivals whatever uh, this issue comes up somebody will say to me well brother Manley I go to the altar and I give it all to Jesus good but then when I leave the altar I take it back That's embezzlement. Because you shifted ownership. And when you shift ownership, now you've got an involvement going on that you didn't have before. Well, Manly, are you trying to scare us? Yes! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're painting Christianity as some kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I won't, I won't go to the altar and I won't surrender. Well, then, yeah, you're not a Christian then. Well, I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to... You can't. See, there's something about Christianity. And hey, that was the whole sermon last week, so all this is a repeat. But hey, aren't they all? But anyway, isn't it? See, the fundamental of Christianity is not being totally a part of the church. The fundamental of Christianity is giving your whole life to this person of Jesus in intimacy and merger until you and him begin to, you're linked, you, 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 you function together, you, 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 you and him are, you're, you're in, and in that inness, ownership has been shifted. And that sets up the possibility of embezzlement. Oh, here's a verse we read last week, but I want to read it again. This is a powerful verse. Listen to this. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God, and you are not your own? <laughs> You're not your own. I've shifted ownership, and if I'm not my own, well, whose am I? His. And I do not have a right. Well, it's my life. What if it wasn't? 
Well, I only got so long to live and it's my time. What if it wasn't your time? Oh, bless God, I worked hard and earned that. I can spend it. What if it wasn't yours? <laughs> what if you were just marching around the city? <laughs> and you didn't have anything to do with the walls falling in. <laughs> what if Christianity was a dynamic relationship between you and Jesus, whereby you're participating? Absolutely. You're, you're in. Absolutely. You're 100%. Absolutely, man. I'm all out for Jesus. That's right, brother. I'd rather die than hurt him. See, this is not about right or wrong. Can you do that? Can't you do that? What can I do and get by with? See, it, that's gone, man. This is, not about, this is not about rules. This is not about Ten Commandments. This is not about that. This is about I'm in love with Jesus and he is the influential force in my life. And I'm coming under ownership of him. And I, I, I will not take back. See, it's an ownership issue. Number two. We're talking about embezzlement now. See, embezzlement is a different deal. You getting this? Embezzlement is a different deal. Hey, I can go down and rob the bank. I have stolen from the bank. True. But when I'm the bank manager <laughs> and I siphon some out, that's embezzlement. Why? I'm participating. I've got linkage. I'm in. So what Ananias and Sapphira done, hey, it isn't money. It isn't they stole the money. They, didn't, they did steal the money, but they didn't stealing the money. They embezzled, which is an ownership issue. They said, it's yours, and they, they took it. So ownership is a big deal in this. Now, another big deal in this ownership idea is privacy. Possession, privacy. Isn't it interesting that when Peter talks to them, he says, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? You lied, man! And then he ends up at the end giving it again. You have not lied to men, but to God. <laughs> I think I'm going to preach a whole sermon on this lying to God thing, but just to, just to suggest it to you. Think, think of the audacity. Think of the stupidity. It's kind of like the Babylonian garment. Oh, I'd look good in that, but I never can wear it. So I take it, but I can't wear it. What's the stupidity of that? Think of the stupidity of lying to God. Who knows everything? <laughs> How are you going to pull that off? <laughs> Even to concoct in your mind. Woo, hope Jesus didn't see that. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, let's not go there. So, here's this lying idea. Now, it's really interesting to me that lying has to do with hiding, obviously. Oh, I want to hide so nobody knows. It's secret stuff. I want to hide what I've done. So, Ananias and Sapphira have done what? Oh, don't want anybody to know. So, they came, brought the money, kept some of it back, but nobody's supposed to know. Just him and his wife. That's it. Nobody will ever know. It was a lie. They're hiding. Want to keep it buried. See, that was Achan. Bury it. It's hide. Secret stuff. 
Isn't it interesting? Think about this. Forget Christianity, man. Just forget it. Go to the secular world. Isn't it interesting? The Bible, however, does call righteousness and truth light and sin and wickedness darkness. Isn't it interesting? Now, forget Christianity. Go to the world. Isn't it interesting that where the real good juicy evil stuff takes place is on the dark web <laughs> we didn't make that up the church didn't call it that have you ever been on the dark web no I don't know how to get on it's secret see it's you gotta it's a hide thing. Isn't it interesting? When you walk downtown, I look at these car lots, you know, Chevy Place out there, Home Depot, all that, all, all that out there. I look at all that. Go out there at night. The thing is lit up like a Christmas tree. Why do they do that? Save all that money and all that electricity. Well, because bad things happen when it's dark. <laughs> See, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rob you, I gotta blow out the I gotta shoot out the the the, the, the lights. I gotta because I gotta have I want it's secret, it's darkness, it's here's a challenge for you. Wouldn't it be something to have a light that it wouldn't it be something to have a life that's just full of light? I mean it's all exposed. See, you knock on my office. Hey, don't come in, don't come in. Wait, wait, wait. Why? Because I got some stuff I got to put away. I don't want you to see. Or wouldn't it be something, hey, just walk in anytime you want to. Why? Because. <laughs> wouldn't that be phenomenal? To have a life that's just. I, I don't have to bury something in my, in my tent floor. <laughs> I don't have to, oh, Peter's looking at me. I think he knows. I think he <laughs> See, I don't want to live like that. I just, I just, I want to live open and I want to live responsive and I want to live, oh, let me read this to you. Listen to this. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed that is one of the most irritating things about Jesus I can mention to you it is really irritating because he just exposes everything <laughs> Let me read this to you. For the word of God, which in the context of the passage is the person of Jesus. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit of joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. 
but all things are naked ooh, and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Boy, I'd really look good in that Babylonian garment. <laughs> but I can't wear it. Gotta hide. That's their issue. That's the deal here. I've had a dozen people say to me through my lifetime, well, preacher, it's my own personal business. No, it's not. What I do in the privacy of my house is my own. No, it's not. Well, I have a right to live the way I want. No, you don't. Well, I can go wherever. No, you can't. Well, I can spend the money. No, you can't. No, you can't. Why? You can steal the Babylonian garment, but you can't wear it. <laughs> you have to bury it. We sang this song, Freedom. The whole song is about freeing from this, free from that, free from the other. There's a whole other side of freedom. I'm free too. I'm free to love. I'm free to expose my whole life before the world and say, hey, take a look. You'll see a lot of stupidity. But hey, you won't see. I don't have to hide. I can wear my Babylonian garment. <laughs> Man, I, got, I, 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 well, I, I want that. I'm sick of embezzlement. <laughs> See, I'm sick of kind of linking with Jesus because, I, I, you know, I don't want to die and go to hell. So I, I link with Jesus and I, I touch me and, uh, and, and, I, and I want that. But hey, I, in the meantime, I'm embezzling the funds. I'm, I'm taking my life and doing... See, I'm, 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 done, I'm done with that, guys. I'm, and Christianity, that's never Christianity. You can't be Christian and be like that. It, does, it just will not be. Oh, I've got to hurry. Let me give you the third. Purpose. Possession, yeah, ownership is the issue. You can't embezzle from yourself. Wouldn't it be something if your life is not yours? Well, I'm going to do what I want to with my life. It's not yours, and you're embezzling. So ownership is the issue. Privacy, yeah, you can embezzle your life, but you can't wear it. You got to hide. Got to hide from your kids, hide from your wife, hide from. You got to hide. The third is purpose. Now, the whole issue in the thing is money. They took money from God. And can you see God sitting up in his big sky, looking down, saying, Oh, I don't know how I, I won't be able to pave the streets, uh, some streets now. I just. That's stupid, isn't it? Can you see God saying, well, the babies won't have milk this week. They took the money. I've said a thousand times to you guys, 
We don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. It's we preachers who need your money. We want your money. <laughs> God. What would he do with it? See, money isn't the issue in this passage. They could have kept it. They, they could have kept it. Well, what's the issue? Well, it's back to this concept. It's not complete. See, it, it, Ananias and Sapphira, you spend your time, you involve yourself in the miracles, you go through all the activities, you help with the testifying, you help with the suppers, but you're not all out. You weasel out on us. And where did it show up? Yeah, it showed up in the money. I get that. Now, we've done, the, we, we've, we've said this, but there's some new people, and, and I want to give it to you again. You cannot, this is so fundamental, you cannot define sin by the activity of the deed. See, you've got to get this, because this changes everything. That's a sin. Why? Look what he did. It isn't what he did that made it a sin. For instance, that guy slept with that woman. Oh, it's a sin. Well, no, he's married. Well, it's not his wife. Whoa, we got a problem. But it wasn't the activity that made it a problem. Because my declaration to you is, there's nothing wrong with sexuality, with sex. God made one man, woman, put them together and said, I did good. And I want to tell you, amen. Well, you dirty old man. <laughs> Come on. So it isn't the activity. Do you see that? Well, if it isn't the activity that makes a thing a sin... What makes a thing a sin? Oh. You're not all out. You're not all in. You're not under his influence. Everything that's not in his in, under his influence is sin. Everything that isn't in. And the thing that causes me to embezzle is this rebellious inside self-centeredness that says, it's my life. No, it's not. It's my money. No, it's not. That's what makes a thing a sin. Well, if I get what you're saying, Manly, you think I ought to just jump in with both feet. Yes! <laughs> you think I ought to just fall in love with Jesus and give him my own life? Yes! You think I ought to bring everything in my life just under his control and say, hey, let's work on this together. I'll march around the city. You make the walls fall in. Woo! What a team. Yes! I don't need a Babylonian garment. Why? I couldn't wear it anyhow. I want that for you. So, 
The whole intent of this is I want to reach out, grab a hold of you and just pull you towards Jesus. Just pull you. Oh, he's worthy of your whole life. Because <laughs> you're a disaster without him. I'm a mess. Even with him. <laughs> but I'm really a mess without him. And there's no way to be with him and be I, without all in. I got it. It's, it's all. And the minute I'm not all in, I'm embezzling. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man, Lord, I cannot. I just, I'm so sorry. I, I, I can go over in my mind the multitude of Babylonian garments that I took. And never could wear them. Would you take, Jesus, would you take this, 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 whatever it is that's in me, this, this, this claim of my own, this, I have my own, my face is my own, my body's my own, my, it's my life. Would you take whatever all of that is in me, that selfish, self-centeredness, got to have my own way. See, I claim my emotions, Jesus, as my own. Therefore, I can, well, I can't, and I can get mad, and I can fly out the handle, why? Because my, it's my emotions, and they didn't treat me right, and I, nah, 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 and I, I can do all of that. But what if my emotions weren't my own? What if I gave them to you? Could I really be yours? And could everything be in the light? Hey, heads are bowed. Don't rush into anything. Hey, come on, don't rush into anything. Just bow your head. Don't rush into anything. Think it through. Would you jump in with both feet? Would you be complete? No play acting. No Babylonian garments buried. Just light. Just all out. Just all in. Just his. Do you have some embezzlement to repent over? And hey, again, don't rush into anything because this all-outness, this completeness, this, this uh, total abandonment to him, whew, it's severe. It's severe. But it's Christian. So our altar's open. And again, the altar is a symbol, only a symbol of, hey, I don't care who knows what. I don't care who sees what. In total light, I'm not sneaking in. 
I'm not praying when I'm by myself. I'm not sneaking in. I'm up front, down to it, all out, jump in. Here I am. I am his. So our altar's open for you. For that kind of commitment. Uh, so we'll wait a moment. I want to kneel. I want to be a part. I want in. <laughs> I want in, man. Woo! I want in.